Welcome to Off the Cuff Postscript. I'm Matt Butler. I'm Darren Chohan. And we're with Scott Crotto. This is our first audio only, you know, just shooting the breeze after an episode. This is what we wanted to do at the outset. And we changed our minds, did some video. That worked out well. Yeah. But this is here. We're here. I finally got it. Yeah, we convinced the people to let us do what we wanted to convince do. the people. Yeah, the people that be. Yeah. yeah. So we're joined with Scott. You saw his interview um, during the show, or listened to the interview during the uh, the podcast, and we discussed mediation. Um, and as you heard, Scott has uh, he offers mediation services. So how many like mediations are you doing? A week, a month, like how many are you doing? At this point, because it's private mediations, it's Northern Ontario, a different practice. We still do things, you know, the old fashioned way. I, I can still go for lunch with opposing counsel and sit with them and, and talk about three or four files and settle the case that way. So I don't find that in even in my defense practice that we have a lot of mediations. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not as busy as I'd like to be. Oh, no. Um, now I have a couple of them lined up over the next month. Good. And um, even in my mediation practice, I think I probably only have two next month. So they don't happen as much as they should. But they should be happening. And that's why we're here, right? Yeah. Let's push it. Push the issue. Push the envelope. And hire how, this how hire we, this man. Yeah. First of all, hire, hire Scott. <laughs> Come on. If you need a mediation, you're going like, who do we hire? Scott. Yeah. Scott's right yeah. here. I mean, I'm yeah. biased, but I love this guy. And I think that he's going to do a great job. On top of that, he also has experience. Newly minted. Newly minted. That's right. Right. As a small claims judge, right? Deputy judge. That's of right. Small yes, as court. of November twenty sixth. How's that last game? year? Uh, it's going really well. I yeah. love it. I Do you? Yeah. I absolutely love it. I mean, it's a it's almost a, di- a different form of mediation, particularly when doing uh, settlement conferences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A settlement conference. I've actually conducted that way. I've put people into their own uh, Zoom meeting room, whereas we're still doing it by Zoom. Right. And conducted a little mediation. You know, I can think back to one case in particular where. Um, the plaintiff was so hurt by what the defendant said in, in the pleadings that all he wanted ultimately was a, an apology. And I don't think that it would have happened but for the settlement conference right. or slash mediation. And it did. And then, so he, he apologized and the case was over. He withdrew his claim. But just an, with an apology? With an, with that's an it. Apology. It was wonderful. See, that's what we, <laughs> we, we, we talked about that, right? Like when things are so yeah. charged and you just, you get down to the, uh, what is the issue here? Like, because lit- litigation is inherently emotional. Like we can't, we can't, like a lawyer sometimes you say, well, you have to get away. Well, especially like in our, emotions are present whether you like it or not. So like, if you get down and you, you cut away the crap and you go, what is the end goal here? I'm offended. I just want an apology. All right. That's, yeah. That could be free. Sometimes, that though, that's awesome that it worked. Uh, and I've had I've had cases, too, where uh, the person just wants an apology. And you know what? The other just go, no. They won't give it. What would you say in that case? What would you do then, Scott? Well, I think I'd remind him of how expensive it can be if you continue that's this, good. this <laughs> that's lit- <good>. <laughs> litigation. <laughs> All he's asking for is something that costs you absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you want to make the apology, even if you don't mean it, give the apology, go, go into the next room and scream (laughs) into a pillow. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) if it gets it resolved. Yeah, that's that's a good, that, you know, I like that because uh, some of these people, uh, sometimes you just, you can't convince them otherwise and they have to be brought back to reality. 
And that's, I think, a mediator's job sometimes, right? Like that's. I think so. Yeah. I've like in the mediations I've been in, um, you know, because there there are some people who say like mediation's not you know not an, a not a point where counsel should be advocates. I still think we need to be advocates in mediation. Mm-hmm. But sometimes a mediator will just will will listen to what I'm saying. Go to the client, like go to my client, and speak to them directly. And then fundamentally, they're they're getting like deeper into the question. You're not just what's your legal position. You're going why do you why are you holding this position? What like what's stopping you from getting to you know to point A to point B? Um, and you know if it's an apology and if it's just something that's deep rooted or just like being offended by something, yeah, mediate a good mediator can get to the core issue. Which doesn't sometimes isn't about you know child support isn't about liability on on damages it's about something that's you know a personal issue. I always think about when dealing with my clients. Sometimes you're we're hard on them, and where sometimes you just feel like you're like you're parenting them almost, and you're trying to say, guys, like see see it this way. You have to see it this way, and they're kind of just like rebelling against you because they don't want they know what they should be doing they're like want you to push back they want you to fight for them they're like no you you're my lawyer make this happen well that's what that's our jo- we have to manage expectations yeah. right like well, that's you, when i think the mediator comes in right Right, mediator but also like in all in all our practices you have to manage expectations and a, a mediator can also say like you know if you go to if you litigate because they, they should know the law as well of course they, they don't necessarily have to some mediators i think you know can just take in the emotions or whatever and just get to resolution. But no, let me say, you know, if, if this is really a position you're holding, it can't cost, like you said, it can't cost you tens of thousands of dollars. Are you really going to stand on principle? Some people say yes, but if they're like, nah, if they, if you, if you show them, you know, a, again, if you show them the expect or you show them where this can go, it can be a real problem. It can be, like, they can open their eyes. Well, even further, one of the things that I, I try to do as a mediator is to, to make that connection, in particular when you're dealing with with the individual, not necessarily the lawyer. The lawyers right. aren't as important in this. In fact, they're not important. It's really the clients that are there. And if I can make that connection with them and have that discussion, and and if you can sort of really figure out and dig down, we talked about you know the deep dive, but if you can really uh, figure out what is motivating that particular person? What's the reason mm. they're even involved in this yeah. in this lawsuit, or whether it's a family law case, whether it's um, you know civil litigation. Uh, type of issue. What's the reason behind it? A lot of times you'll be surprised if you ask. And um, it's not always about money or it's not always about, you know, yep. custody of the children or whatnot. Now, would you, because I said like lawyers should be still advocates in mediation. Would you ask a lawyer to sort of take a back seat sometimes during a mediation? If they're, you know, if they're really pushing their client's position too much? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are, I, I've tried to do that. Not every lawyer will uh, allow it. But the ones that do, I think, are the ones that, that you earn trust with. Because mm. they know that I'm not going to do something that's improper. But what I'm really trying to do is get the case resolved. That ultimately is, is what you're trying to do. Yeah. And so um, I've had situations where I've said to the lawyer who I thought maybe was pushing a little bit too hard yeah. and trying to save face for whatever reason, depending on where the mediation started, if, we're, if we are much lower but closer to a resolution, in order to save face, if I go in and say, look, I've looked at this. This is what I think might happen if you go to trial. These are the, you know, this. These are the risks. These are the types of things that you could, you could lose. And sometimes hearing it from a third party um, is is more convincing for the litigant. Yeah, I see that often in in mediations and even just settlement conferences, like you said, in small claims and even family cases, where if a third party is telling your client something that you've been saying for a while too, 
That's what I was getting at, you know, with the whole analogy of kids rebelling against you. If if somebody else is telling you the same thing, but it may be in a slightly Mm. different way, maybe they're more receptive to it. And it often works and you see it happen. Like, I don't know how many times I'll tell my clients, well, we'll hear what the judge has to say about this at the conference and we'll see what, you know, what your position is compared to the other one, the Mm. other parties. And once they hear that, objective third-party opinion whether it's from a mediator whether it's from a judge um people change their tune yeah or i find at least it helps soften their positions and you can really achieve something but the beauty of doing it in mediation is that oh it is it maybe not at a motion or a conference you can keep your cost out and you can control the you know the agenda mm-hmm. a lot more than just here's the motion you lost that you gotta live with that now so you hit on something that's really important there. You said the word control. So yeah. control, of course, is you know one of the things that I will say as a defense lawyer to a plaintiff is I will talk directly to that person, whether I'm a mediator or defense lawyer. But every mediation opening that I have is different. But the one thing that stays constant is I always tell them, look, there's two ways this case can resolve. One is if you settle it today, you have full control. You get to decide. You mm-hmm. get, you know, it'll be on your terms. And then you walk away knowing that you made the decision. And the second way is that you leave it to someone else. You leave it to six people from Tim Hortons, you know, the lineup in Tim Hortons for mm-hmm. a civil jury or, uh, or, or if, you're an, for, if it's a judge that's deciding. And you, you may not like the result that you're going to get, so you lose that control, and it may not be the result that you want. I, every single case, I, I talk about that. Control I, is, is key. Yeah. After listening to uh, your sit-down with Matt, I had a question about, and I, I don't, we didn't get into it too much there, uh, kind of like the day of, how do you, is there um, a format that you follow as a mediator? You know, you, oh, you just talked about like an opening remarks and, and like, what is the, how does the day flow? Is there a schedule like actually made? And this is like, we're going to get to this point by this time. We're going to try to do deeper negotiations by this time. We're going to hopefully try to resolve by like, what, what does that look like? So typically, I mean, the mediations can be a half-day mediation or it can be a full-day mediation. So half-day mediations will typically end around 1 o'clock, start around 9.30, 10 o'clock, end by 1 o'clock, give or take. The longer ones will go till 4 o'clock. So you want to plan it that way. Um, at, during the opening statements, I will tell the parties what I expect to happen. You know, I will say a few things, and then your lawyer is going to say a few things, and you're going to listen. And then if you want to add something, you can. And then the opposing lawyer will do the same thing. And then we break up into uh, what's called caucusing. And that's putting people into separate rooms, whether you're in person or not. If you're in person, you have separate rooms for the lawyer and the client. Lawyer and the client in a separate room, or you do it through Zoom meeting rooms. And I will typically start off with, if it is civil litigation, I'll start with the plaintiff side first. We go in there, and then hopefully they've already formulated their first proposal but not just a proposal. I'd like to find out key things that are important to them, mm-hmm. you know, and then with the proposal, come back with the message or some questions or what kind of documents missing and then go back and forth throughout the day. Um, in person are typically a little bit better because then you can have those meetings of just you and the lawyer or just you and the client throughout the day. Um, and if there are any questions of the parties at times, you bring everybody back in. And, it, you know, hopefully come to some kind of a fair resolution. Yeah. And I think, you know, it it makes sense to have it structured that way. And this the the idea of I, I think that this is beneficial for an in-person style thing. Do you encourage uh, in during your mediations, the lawyers to go and speak to each other as well outside of 
you know, you assisting? Like, are the lawyers free to go uh, and have meetings and talk about the file to try to get to a resolution themselves and then come back to you? Or how does that work? So in, in cases where it's more difficult, you can tell that the clients are butting heads or you get to a point in the day where everyone's tired mm-hmm. and they're, we're at an impasse, but you kind of feel like, you know, if one more push might get it done. Sometimes if you just put the two lawyers in the room together, they feel more free in speaking as opposed to with their clients there. You have your client there. You don't want to say something. You're afraid to give up too much information. You're sure. afraid to mm-hmm. you know, make that big jump. Lawyers already comes in and said, look, you know, I, she's being difficult or he's being difficult. Maybe if we can work on this issue first, if mm-hmm. we can come and have an agreement on this, absolutely. It, it just depends on the day. Every mediation is different. It takes on a life of its own. Right. Do you have uh, the parties prepared documentation for you to review? Or do you just go in and listen to opening statements and go from there? So ahead of time, I like to have them seven days in advance. Mm-hmm. I know with mandatory mediations, I believe they're called statements of issues or statements okay. of fact or something like that. But they're basically briefs of some yeah. kind. Um, I can tell you right now, if anybody who's listening, you know, please keep them brief. That's why they're called briefs. Um, when someone sends, <laughs> so you don't me, want twenty-five pages. Uh, well, to I've review? had I've had four hundred pages to review. Seven and days before mediation, four hundred. 400 pages uh, and sometimes more. And, you know, you, you try to get That's through ridiculous. it. You can't get through everything, especially when you've got back-to-back mediations or you may have, you know, I've got my practice yeah, as Exactly. Well. You're, you're busy so, on top of everything. So keep it short. I mean, if there's, you know, if there's one or two expert reports that you want me to review, then put that in there. Otherwise, keep it short. So, yes, there are briefs that typically are in about seven days before. I had a question for, um, I think it, it follows the whole, the briefs and the documents being filed. How is the information that's disclosed at these mediations handled? Meaning it's all settlement discussion, right? So assumedly all without prejudice. Absolutely. So there's a mediation agreement that is signed ahead of time. It's circulated. All mediators do it. They send it out. And it will have a confidential, um, a a clause basically that says you cannot, um, you know, use, first of all, have me testify later Mm -hmm. about anything that is said. It's all private and confidential. And, And also, you know, Mr. Plaintiff or Mrs. Defendant, feel free to say anything you want because it can't be used against you later. You know, and also feel free to make any offer you want. It doesn't matter what kind of an offer because it, it can't be used later. You know, I always remind people and say, look, uh, just because you have this document, this photograph, um, whatever it is, or you make this offer or you said something, uh, I can't phone you later and say, you know, Darren, um, you know, I, I thought about what you said. I want to change my mind now. I know it's a week later, but can you put that offer back on the table? You can say, no, of course not. Mm-hmm. And I remind them of that. You know, it's, it's here today, gone tomorrow. Same with the documents. Here today, going tomorrow. I like that line. I like that light. Yeah. And that, may, I like that because um, sometimes you see people who have buyer's remorse after a settlement, right? And do you try, you know, if you're that close to a resolution at the end of the day, do you try to get everything executed and signed at the end of the day uh, to really close it down and make sure that, that people are, first of all, you got to make sure that they're agreeable. If they're agreeable that day, do you try as a mediator to say, okay, we've got all the tools here ready. Let's stay a little bit longer and let's just, everyone should sign this so we can we can finalize the deal. I've thought a lot about that over the years, doing the mediations. I feel as though that's really not up to the mediator. I think it's the lawyer. 
You know, okay. If you have a no, deal in place, I think it's the lawyer's responsibility to make sure you get that document signed right then and there, especially if you have your client there. Mm-hmm. You know, he or yeah. she's already given you instructions. Hopefully they're written instructions. Get that release signed. Get the minutes of settlement signed. I, I don't know that the mediator needs to get involved at that point. You know, who's taking out the dismissal order, what, yeah, yeah, what yeah. form of release it is, when are you going to get the funds if there's money involved, that kind of thing. Um, I honestly don't, I think it's really about the, um, the parties. Although I do tell them, look, you know, maybe you should come to this agreement now figure out whether or not you have a release that you want to sign and, and mm-hmm. whether or not who's going to prepare the order. Yeah. I think um, we've been talking for a while. Why don't we take a little break? Yeah, let's hear And uh, hear, uh, yeah, hear from our sponsors a bit and give us a, give us a chance to refresh, get, uh, get some coffee refilled, and uh, we'll be back at you in a few minutes. Weaver Simmons is Northern Ontario's largest full-service law firm. For over 90 years, Weaver Simmons has provided legal advice to its clients with three offices in Sudbury, North Bay, and Shaplow. Our practice will try to assist you the best we can with any legal issues you may have. For more information, please visit our website or feel free to give us a call. And we're back. Now, we were discussing um, in the YouTube show last week about you know mandatory mediation and voluntary mediation um one of the things about just you know mandatory and voluntary is like where do we find a mediator how do we find that scott like where where can i find a list of mediators well there are mediators everywhere for the most part unfortunately they're in the northern sorry the southern Mm -hmm. part of the province but there are also mediators available anywhere else there is a roster list of mediators available for Toronto, Windsor, Ottawa that can do mediations at roster rates um, anywhere in the province. And so when you're dealing with, I think you mentioned, we talked about costs mm-hmm. earlier, and um, you can spend sometimes $10,000 or more <laughs> on, yes. <laughs> $10, I, I don't charge ten thousand dollars. Scott doesn't charge ten thousand. Everybody, <laughs> everybody relax. Yeah, chill relax. Out. That's why. That's why we say you hire, this guy, right? hire this guy, right? Hire this guy. That's a, that's, that's incredible. That's, that's so much. So Oof. so the roster mediation list though. What what happens is if if you are um, involved in a, in litigation in those three cities, uh, or if you just decide you want to opt into the roster list, you go in. You you select a mediator. And it could cost you six hundred dollars for three hours of mediation. That's pretty good. That's two. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, and three hundred per party. Solid. You know, like that's yeah. if you're really looking to get you know down and dirty. Right, and the other thing too is that if you know to answer your question about how do you find a mediator on on the roster list, you can find someone who does construction work. You can find someone who does family law. You can find someone who does slip and falls. You know, there there's different um, lawyers, and some of them aren't lawyers but have uh, expertise in, in a field. Yeah, that's all. And that's on the, and where can we find this roster list? It's on websites it, it, There is a website. It's, it's a provincially regulated roster list. A mediator who wants to be on that list has to apply. You have to have reference letters. So um, they're usually, um, I don't know that there are interviews that are involved, okay. but there, it's, it's actually quite an onerous process. That, that goes into a little bit of what I was talking about uh, last week, right? You know, if the province is going to do something 
we at least have a start with this roster list. I didn't even know bad. about that, right? Yeah. So we're we gonna find your name on that roster list. So I sent in my application actually a little while ago, and uh, I'm surprised that all I got back was, "Hey, we're working on it. We have the application. <laughs> it's a government um, process, so it's going to take some time. I would imagine it's going to take a few months, and they'll get back to me. Yeah, of course. So 2024, yeah, probably. Probably yeah. <laughs> 2024, exactly. <laughs> Let's just look out for Scott's roster spot in yeah. 2024. Yeah. Like a draft pick almost. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, that's cool, though, about having roster rates. And, like, the r- roster rates are, I'm, I'm assuming, are significantly lower than, you know, like the 10,000 for someone on a private mediation. Roster rate 600. Like, again, like you said, like this is something that could be great mm-hmm. for different areas of law, especially some with... You know, you don't have as you know affluent clients in certain areas of law, so that's that's that could be an excellent avenue, right? And the other thing I didn't mention earlier, and is is important to note though, is that you can demand an in a um, an insurance act mediation. So in Ontario, the insurance act has a section that says um, if you want a mediation, you can demand it from the insurer, and guess who pays the insurer. So um, even if you don't have the funds to pay somebody more than $600, maybe you want someone who's a little bit more experienced who may charge a little bit more, but if you demand that insurance act pursuant to the uh, insurance act, then you will get that paid by the insurance company. And what kind of cases would that trigger? Uh, Typically, it would be motor vehicle type of litigation. Um, Now, obviously, if that applied across the board... And the government implemented something like that. That would be fantastic. Yeah, because you already have it set up in the Insurance Act. Um, They could add similar provisions in the Family Law Act, in you know the Commercial, like the the Business Corporations Act. They could add provisions like that where mediation is prevalent, and and you can demand that of the the party as long as I guess um, there is an insurable claim and in some capacity to pay for that i suppose well i mean I, I would imagine like someone who has a contract that that requires uh if there's an, an issue in dispute you go to arbitration mm-hmm. arbitrations can be expensive because they're not unlike trials you have witnesses and mm-hmm. you have sworn testimony and and there's a, a binding decision mediation is you know non-binding it's voluntary mm-hmm. for the most part but if you were to put a mediation clause in your contract then you know, again, it saves costs. You have people who are forced to attend, but, you know, you avoid the arbitration or you avoid the trial. That's an excellent thing to do because I know I've, I, there are certain separation agreements we do in family law where we put those mandatory mm-hmm. mediation clauses because why would, like, if you have the agreement, why would you rush to court to, to deal with something that's going to cost you thousands of dollars just to get it started as opposed to discussing in mediation, especially if it's an issue that can be dealt with outside of litigation, it's so necessary. Mm-hmm. And those issues sometimes are just focused to one thing, right? Yeah. So instead of starting a court application for one reason, just exactly one issue, mediation is probably the best tool to deal with something like that. Yeah. Now, what are the sort of do's and don'ts of mediation? If I were to attend a mediation, what are the certain you know green flags, red flags of a good mediation and then a bad mediation? So what I've seen typically is, you know, you'll have a lawyer who is more forceful, right? who may be trying to throw, you know, his or her weight around. Uh, that's not going to work in mediation. No. You know, you're, this isn't a trial. You know, f- for the, the, the guy that stands up and says, you know, I've done 100 trials 
and your doctor that you have, I'm going to cross-examine him or her, and you're going to lose. And so that's not the type of approach that, that works at mediation. Um, it, whenever I hear um, counsel doing that kind of thing, you, you, you kind of think, okay, this is not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I think you want to try to, you know, take a step back, take a breath. You know, this is not about you. This is about your client. That That's a big no-no for me. Yeah. And... Um, so um, if I can think of something else, it would be, I think we talked about it earlier, but it would be um, the mediation briefs being too long. Yeah. And, and you know, don't read from your mediation brief. If you've sent me the 50 pages, 25 pages, whether it's 10 pages, don't read from it. Just, you know, give me the three or four highlighted points, something you perhaps that we can chew on. That's pretty solid. What about the do's? Like, what's the best sort of approach to take to mediation? Obviously, there's different media, like, the, like the different types of mediations. Every mediation is different. But sort of like, what what would be the best piece of advice to counsel or even just a litigant to go into mediation? Go in with an open mind. I mean, it, you, you're going to go in with a range. Hopefully, you've prepared with your lawyer. Your lawyer's told you about how the process works. Um, but go in with an open mind because uh, there will be, there may be moments when. Uh, you'll hear something that will change things dramatically. Yeah. So be re- be able to adapt to the situation. Be, be flexible. You know, something comes up that you didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Be able to deal with it as opposed to just and, and listen. You know, <laughs> one of the things that uh, my experience as media, but also now as a judge of small claims, is people just want to be heard. If that's a good, that's a good piece. Yeah, I like that. You just have to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife tells me all the time, just listen. If you would just listen. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I get the same. Yeah, I think I get the same talk. You don't have to so, fix it. Just yeah, please just hear me out. Me, yeah. You know? yeah, but we fix things all day. We, I know, but sometimes, <laughs> but sometimes, just listen. Like, no, yeah, I just want to yeah, fix this. Yeah, sometimes there it's is so no. Fi- there, sometimes there's no fix, and really, they just. It's a whole different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably not for the mediation episode because I, I haven't tried marriage. To med- right? I Am I right? Yeah. I haven't tried to mediate it, mediate at home, but I don't know how well that would work. So that'd be a good service. Never mind. We don't get into no, that. We're not getting into that right now. You know, you know, Scott's home life. You know, <laughs> if I could, if I could jump in, I wanted to add something. So you know, Darren, I heard Darren talk about mandatory mediations and why they haven't done it here. I mean, yeah. If you want to get rid of a backlog, that's the answer. Oh, I absolutely. Of course, people mediation. Yeah, absolutely. Because in the Ontario Court of Justice in Sudbury right now, for a family file, I know I've spoken a lot about family files. I'm a family law practitioner. You're going to hear a lot about it. Um, right now, and Darren, you'll know this. If I wanted to bring a motion in the Ontario Court of Justice right now, let's say all my materials are ready to go, I can serve them in the other party tomorrow via email. Then we'll have a first court date to schedule the, the hearing. Right now, it's September 15th or something like that, 14th. I will not get a date before December. Nope. And you can attest to that. Yeah, not a chance. And there's not a 0% chance that yeah. it's not until 2023. Yeah, you're you're looking at right now for a motion, probably in the new year, and and they're not giving emergency motion dates because there just are none. There's nothing. so you look at a, you look at that potential backlog, like you just said, Scott. How can you solve that? Make someone mediate an issue. I don't know why they don't do it now. I mean, you've you, it's you, ridiculous. We went to a Simon's Court recently, trying to schedule a trial on a number of cases in North Bay, and we were told there would be no jury trials in North Bay until 2024. Now, that's and, you were told that recently? Recently. 2024. That's like, like that's a year and a half away. That's ridiculous. Right. And that's and that's everybody. But that goes to my point where there's one judge in North Bay. 
and that judge has to preside over all the cases. Are you finding out of town judge? But there are, I think, you know, let the cat out of the bag here. There's a judge shortage. Yeah, well, there like, is sure, know? and we, and we just don't have enough. Uh, enough, we don't have enough judges. They take a really long time to be trained. They take a long as time they should, to be as they should. Yeah, we should, as they, take, they should. I'm not. Oh, this I'm not complaining about yeah, this. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying they take a long time to be trained. Uh, they they go through a significant vetting process. Like it's, it's a, a long, it's, pro, a, it's, a, long, it's a long, just, onerous process to become just to become appointed yeah. to the Ontario Court or the Superior Court, uh, and so right now, and I assume COVID had something to do with that as well. With well, the we know COVID had to do a lot with the backlogs. Yeah, sure, and and fatigue probably as well from the judiciary and a lot of the judiciary, um, you know, feedback we've heard is that the Zoom stuff and the internet connection stuff has just been a nightmare for them, uh, and so getting new judges in and training them and, and getting them going, I think uh, until we do that, we have to force people into these these al- yeah. alternative dispute yeah. resolution scenarios. Well, why, why, I mean, why wouldn't you follow the model that the simplified procedure has? So the simplified procedure, you, you have to have a settlement discussion. It doesn't have to be mediation. And the settlement discussion could be a phone call to the other side, but you have to certify to the court that, yes, I've had a settlement discussion. We've tried to resolve the issues. We can't. They won't give you a pretrial date until you can you can say that you're ready for the pretrial, and so just take it that extra step. Mm-hmm. You know, amend the rules. Say it's it's got to be mediated. It's got to be mediated. Yeah, that makes total sense. I don't. I I don't disagree at all. I think that that is 100 percent what needs to happen. Because the trial. I want to go back to the trial point because that was, uh, because 2024 for jury trials. That means, and you there's not only three or four trials that are going to be jury trials. They keep piling up. So it's not crazy to think that in, th- in three, four months from now, we're looking at 2025 dates, which all of a sudden you're looking at a plaintiff who's looking at, I potentially am not getting judgment or any sort of relief or any sort of resolution in two, three years from now when this accident happened two, three years ago. Right? That's not uncommon. So why not mediate an issue, especially if you can get some narrowing the issues? So you, know, you talk about the delay in getting a trial, and it's not as though cases go to trial. They don't. They don't. You know, You're 99% right. of cases, at least in civil litigation, are resolved without without a trial. So how do they get resolved? Well, they get they get settled or there's the people walk away, mm-hmm. withdraw their claims. Um, it, you want to, so if you want to continue to, you know, eliminate that 1% or get it down to a half percent or whatever it is, find another way to get them settled. Mediation, best way to do it. No I question. So. Yeah. And forcing people in a room together has always yielded good results. You know, I, I can't, unless you're really diametrically opposed, right. um, there is wiggle room. And, and if you give people the opportunity to lay out some of their cards, not all of their cards, then you work with those, right? You can, you can mix and move and match and try to try to find out and feel out, as you said earlier, what's motivating those people to be where they're at, right? Whether it's money, whether it's, you know, this person's got uh, a mortgage that they need to pay off in there. Uh, this is, you know, this action is as a result of something that happened to that house and whatever, you know, we don't know all of the circumstances sometimes. And uh, to hear from them, to appreciate what they're saying and to, to use that and and help the other side realize, well, this is more than just, words on paper it's it's real life but you don't always get it you don't always get the entire action settled but you can settle some mm-hmm. issues in dispute yeah. 
and at least you know you've narrowed the issues as mm-hmm. I've heard you say before or you know if you settle part of the claim then you've got less to deal with later maybe you can yeah. deal with the less important stuff later or vice versa but at least part of the claim has been resolved I mean you want to be careful too I mean I know mandatory mediations are great but not every case is uh, is is ripe for mediation yeah that's very there's true. always the, the timing of it too I mean you may mm-hmm. not want a mediation too early I mean one of the problems and complaints that a lot of, of um, uh, people had when I was down in Toronto, practicing in Toronto, was the mandatory mediations were too early. So you'd constantly, okay. people would constantly then have to get an order on consent to um, adjourn the mediation to a later date. So when you finally have all the information that you need. Right. And, you know, sometimes the, uh, the other lawyer on the other side or the party is just not amenable to mediation. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting point. And also, again, in the family law context, that there are certain avenues where uh, certain cases where, if there are allegations of domestic violence or you know or verifiable facts, or there's a there's criminal trial where someone was uh, accused of and found guilty of assault or domestic assault, those are not really geared towards mediation at that point. No. We have a, we have a duty as counsel to screen those types of cases. Absolutely, yeah, and I I I agree with that uh, sentiment as well because um, you'll know, and I think that that's where it becomes a lawyer's duty to figure that out to figure out whether this case is good for mediation, but always um, to try to have an open mind right. to resolution and not just be you know hard no, hard yes, like push it all the way. I think why we have jobs and part of why we have jobs Mm -hmm. is to make that assessment uh, and say on a balance of probabilities, I think that this may assist us in resolution. Let's try this. Uh, And if not, then, um, then just move on and, you know, go through the normal, the normal process. Yep. Uh, So I think uh, that about wraps it up with Scott. You got anything more to ask Scott? No, no, I think I'm good. Yeah, me too. Scott, you're awesome. No more questions. That's it. That's pretty easy, eh? <laughs> it's pretty easy, man. We're just doing this this cool little af- off-the-cuff post script. Yeah. Fantastic. You, you were Thank awesome, Scott. Thank yeah, you very thanks. much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sitting down with us. You know, I, I didn't get to interview you, and I was, I was I jumping was at the awesome. opportunity to sit down and talk to you about this stuff. Sucks because to, it's to be you, bro. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> you know what, though? It's okay. It's okay. I got my chance now. Uh, and this is what I wanted to do and I'm really happy. So thanks for listening guys. We're, uh, we're at the end of our inaugural episode of postscript Postscript. and we will see you guys next week back on set.